Welcome to KC by Sari, a podcast for Kansas City enthusiasts. I'll take you behind the scenes and you'll learn why this Midwestern gem is so special. This week, I'm joined by Emmy-nominated anchor for KMBC, Jamie Weiss. Jamie moved here from Arkansas, and her first impressions of Kansas City might surprise you. Here's Jamie to talk about her love of storytelling through the news and what motivates her to wake up at 2.35 a.m. every weekday. Was it always your dream to be a reporter and on TV? Yes. And I think when people first hear that, they're like, oh, you just want to be on TV. It, it goes a lot deeper than that. I think from a young age, maybe that was sort of the initial, ooh, that's interesting. Like we were a Today Show family growing up and my parents would always tell me how the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, back when Katie Kirk was the anchor, I'd be standing in front of the TV with her helping to announce the floats. And so I think there's always like a little spark of interest deep down. I don't think I ever really understood the journalism aspect and the importance of journalism until high school. Um, I was really lucky growing up in North Texas, my high school had a broadcast journalism program and I really got to learn. It's not just, oh, you're on TV. It's, oh, you are storytelling. You get to meet people and share their story. And I got really lucky that I got to do that in high school, got to taste it. I knew it's what I wanted to do in college, so I went to Syracuse, go orange, studied broadcast journalism, solidified, yeah, that's what I want to do. And here we are all, all these years later. <laughs> and this job was what brought you to Kansas City, but what market were you in previously? So when I graduated from Syracuse in 2017, I got a job in Northwest Arkansas. It was Market 99. My goal graduating Syracuse was I wanted to be in a top 100 market, so I hit my goal. And I was also looking to get a little bit closer to home. I grew up in the Dallas area. Syracuse, New York is very far from Dallas. It was two flights both ways to get there or back. So living in Northwest Arkansas, that's like Fayetteville, Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, was great. I was a five hour drive from my parents and it was a really great market to learn. Uh, it was college town. So when I was 22, fresh out of college, it was kind of fun to still be in that environment. And I learned a lot. I covered everything under the sun. I covered the implementation of medical marijuana because that was new in Arkansas. I covered a girl from Arkansas being on American Idol, like literally spans the gamut. And I was there through the pandemic. And after four and a half years, my, my time was up to, to move on and go somewhere new. And I got really lucky. I was able to transfer within my company to Kansas City. And I'm thrilled to be at Channel 9. And I've already been here two years, which is mind boggling. You know, I can't believe it's been that long. What were your expectations when coming to Kansas City? Did you have any knowledge of Kansas Like, obviously knowing of Kansas City, but did you have any, like, really knowing of what Kansas City was going to be like? Or how did this city, like, take you by surprise? So I'll share the story with you that I shared with my bosses when I interviewed to come to Kansas City. Uh, my now husband and I did a day trip to Kansas City. It was probably 2019 because it was before the pandemic. Was living in Northwest Arkansas, very easy drive up I-49, and we decided one day, hey, let's go to Kansas City. 
We had no idea what the city had to offer, and we probably picked the worst activities to do to come to Kansas City. Um, one of his fraternity brothers grew up in the area. I think it was winter break time, so he was in Kansas City. So we went and met up with him uh, at a barbecue place. We went to Danny Edwards Boulevard Barbecue. I don't think they're open anymore, but we went there because they were on uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. We love Food Network, so that's why we went, because they were on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. And it was the most traumatizing experience of my life because we order, the boys go to sit down, start catching up, I go to the bathroom to wash my hands, as one does, before about to get super messy and greasy. I don't know what happened, but the door handle broke off when I was in the bathroom, and I was just, I texted Colby, my husband, and I'm like, SOS, I'm locked in the bathroom, and he just replies, LOL, what? So I'm like banging on the door, hoping someone is gonna have to go to the bathroom in this restaurant that is full of people, until finally I get let out of the bathroom by I think the owner. He had to break open the door with a crowbar, and I walked out to applause, and I was mortified, and I told myself I would never come back to Kansas City. And here we are, and now we love it, and we, are obsessed with Kansas City. So crazy how things change. Oh my gosh. So when you get the job offer to come to Kansas City, were you like, absolutely not? I'm so traumatized by my experience there. I think if anything, part of why I knew I wanted to come to Kansas City was I feel so grateful to work at Channel 9. I always knew I wanted to be a broadcast journalist. And within my company that I've been working for, Channel 9, KNBC had always been a station that everyone looked up to like hey you want to aspire to be on that level you want to aspire to be like those journalists so when I had the chance to even maybe come to Kansas City I wasn't going to give it up even if maybe my first visit wasn't the right one and I learned very quickly uh what to do instead in Kansas City we've had a ton of visitors since moving here and I think we've we've steered them in the right direction and learned from our mistakes because activity wise on that day trip we went to the Hallmark Museum it was cute we went to the Mint Museum. But like, why is that what we picked when we came to Kansas City? I don't know. But I mean, hey, we love it now. We've been to a ton of other museums since then that we actually send our friends to now. <laughs> Especially with the line of work that you're in, you really have to throw yourself into the city that you're in. Like, You really have to quickly get to know it, get to know the ins and outs to be able to then turn around and do the stories and do your job. So what have some of your favorite stories been that you've put together since your time in Kansas City? I think the one that immediately stands out to me was sort of the closing of the old KCI and the opening of the new KCI, because it was a whirlwind. I had this assignment where I got to join, it was about 20 people who were on the last flight out of the old airport and the first flight into the new airport. It was an all-nighter. Like... I normally work the morning shift. I'm used to weird hours. I wake up every morning at 2.35 on the dot. Like, don't get it twisted. I don't snooze until 2.40. We got to get up at 2.35 to make it to work on time. So it was it was a weird scheduling day. But it was so much fun. There was so much excitement. And I'm someone who loves to travel. So I was really excited about the idea of the new airport. And to be around other people who have that similar mindset who just love innovation who love the advancement of the technology it was really cool just to get to meet so many different people and 
Uh, we went to a Kansas City Current game uh, while they were still at Children's Mercy Park. And I'm in line to get a concession. All of a sudden, I hear my name, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, who's calling my name? And it, it was one of the people I'd met on that flight. Just such a weird, out of context. I'm like, wait, who are you? And I was like, oh, my God, yes, we spent a crazy six and a half hours together. Oh, my God. Like, we were bonded for life. And I think that story just stands out to me because it was fun and different from anything else I've covered. Yeah, and what a special experience to get to be here during such an evolution in Kansas City, especially with the new airport. So I feel like that's such a unique, cool experience that you get to have. I had friends who were talking about doing that, like getting on the last flight out of the old MCI and the first flight into the new one. And we were all talking about like how much this was going to mark like history in Kansas City with things changing. So that's awesome that you got to be part of that experience. And it's funny because when we moved to Kansas City, we moved at the beginning of 2022 and... Uh, Everyone, I mean, you guys told us this too. Everyone kept telling us, this is such a great time to come to Kansas City. What a great time to be here. And it feels like only more things have been happening. Only better things have been happening. There's been no shortage of excitement for us. And every time we tell friends we're in Kansas City, like, oh my gosh, yeah, I've I've heard about that. Like, we should come visit. And we're like, yeah, you should. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of other exciting things, what are some other career accomplishments that you've had? I think a big one for me has just been getting outside my comfort zone. Uh, for for those of you who might not know, I am an anchor at KMBC 9 in the mornings. I also do traffic. I had never done traffic before coming to Kansas City and honestly it was the best thing I could have ever done because I now know my way around the city really well and I feel like I'm almost like my own navigation system now because I just stare at maps all morning and that's been really helpful (laughs) to help me get along and around and um, award nominations have been great but I think at the end of the day it's just been meeting people and getting to meet so many people that aren't normally a part of my circle. What are some other things that you've really loved about being part of the Kansas City community? I think that I get to see up close how much of a community it is. And I think a perfect example is when I first moved here, I saw everyone in the Charlie Hustle shirts, the the Heart KC shirts. And my first thought was, why is everyone wearing, you know, it's like a heart, I heart New York shirt. Like it's like a tourist thing. No, like I probably own like 10 Charlie Hustle shirts. Like everyone has so much pride for their city, for their town and it is so fun to be a part of that community and to get to share those stories. Like, I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head, but getting to highlight local businesses, getting to highlight people in their community who are doing important things, and we have to share the hard news. I think that's probably the most difficult part of our job is there's not always good news that we get to share, but I think I treasure the moments that we do get to share good news. Um, Like, Chiefs going to the Super Bowl back to back, so much happiness, so much excitement, and those are the moments that I really try to hold on to. In reporting, obviously, not all news is good news, and there are going to be those stories that are a little more heartbreaking. How, in the past, have you really pushed through those stories that weigh a little heavier on the heart? When I was in college, I went to journalism school, and the best piece of advice I ever got from a professor was when you are sharing those stories, think about who you're talking to. Think about... If you have to share that story with a loved one, if you have to share that story with a grandma, a friend, and I try to put myself 
in that headspace. I think it's important to be there and be compassionate and understanding to what's going on, but also try to be level-headed to share what's going on. It's, it's a hard line to strike, and I think I'm still learning. I'm still getting better at it. It's not easy. I don't think it's normal for anyone to, to be able to do it, but I'm learning, and I think I'm getting better every day, and I, I'm grateful to be able to learn from so many people who have been doing this for years, too. What are some other challenges that you have faced in this industry? I think one thing most journalists are sort of learning to adapt to is just the the changes in technology. Like I remember uh, when I first started working, I had to post 10 tweets a day, post three Facebook posts a day, do a Facebook Live. Like social media has changed so much in the, gosh, what was it, seven years now that I've been in this industry. I think just adapting to all the changes in technology is something not just me, but everyone is is adjusting to. And once you get used to one platform, things change and uh, TV itself has changed as far as how people are gathering their news. So we're all learning and we're all adapting and we'll, we'll keep trying. <laughs> I really feel like reporters who are so active on their social media are getting to a whole other audience that might not be waking up for the morning news or might not be home for work by the time the evening news is on. So I really love when I see reporters who are really active on social media and sharing those stories because they're continuing to connect and grasp with an audience who might not be so active with watching news on TV. Totally. And that's something I've been working on, trying to do a better job at. I think part of it too is also figuring out what type of news is best shared on what platform like I know at least for the people who follow me I know a lot of it is friends my age I know they don't necessarily want to see here was you know we hit the record homicides in Kansas City for me it's been sort of a challenge to figure out how do I get that information across because it's important info while still easing them into what's going on too so it's a balance I think we're all learning and I don't know that there's a perfect answer, but if you have opinions, let me know. I'm, I'm all ears. When you're not working, what does life for you in Kansas City look like? Oh, busy, surprisingly. I am a kind of person that doesn't like to sit still. What helps is I have a dog who is taking up a lot of my, my time, a lot of space, but I'm obsessed with her. Uh, Land of the Luna on Instagram shouts out. She is a mini Aussie doodle, Australian Shepherd, Poodle Mix, and I'm obsessed with her. She's so cute. Um, she has also really helped me explore Kansas City. We've done, we've done Marquet, we've done Shawnee Mission Dog Park, the little beach over there, but it's been fun just to like walk around with her and explore. So Luna, shouts out to you. Love you lots. Also just exploring, um, trying new restaurants, just trying new activities, and we've got a great group of friends here in town that I think has been super helpful too. And you are newlywed. You and Colby recently oh, got married yeah. back in October. So That's what crazy. is... <laughs> it is, and obviously, huge congrats to you guys. October okay. does feel like... It feels like it was so long ago, but it also it feels like it feels was yesterday. Like a lifetime ago. And part of it is my husband, Colby, we met in college. We've been together for 10 years at this point. So marriage doesn't feel all too different. If anything, we've we've been having fun calling each other husband and wife. I will grab his hand at times to make sure he's wearing his ring. And he is. He loves it. He likes showing it off. And it's just been fun to have hit that next milestone. And now we're just we're just chilling, enjoying life, and 
now we're trying to cross more Kansas City items off our bucket list. More more restaurants is the main one. What are some of those restaurants on your bucket list? Okay, I don't have a list in front of me. He has like a note on his phone of all the restaurants, but some of the places we would love to try are Earl's Premier. That's that's high up on the list for us. And Regaza, we want to try. And I know that there's several more. We just tried a bunch of new places for restaurant week everywhere. I, I look to see where you post and that's where I'm like, okay, yeah, we should go there too. Um, but we like all foods, so we want to go everywhere. Yeah. I always recommend people having a note in their phone. Dan and I literally have a note. It is in his phone that is divided up by neighborhood in Kansas city. And that's every time, be, especially because if we're, for example, going to a show or doing something, you know, downtown, we're like, Hey, where should we grab dinner? Okay. We're going to go to like the downtown list that I is brilliant. think it's the easiest way to compartmentalize because as someone who I think you and I are so similar in that way we're always trying to find new places and I have the hardest time anyone who knows me knows I have the hardest time sitting still it's almost borderline like <laughs> not in the best way but like I just have a hard time sitting still I'm like okay if we have if we have these plans Saturday night let's work backwards where can we go to dinner do we want to grab a cocktail before should we go somewhere before that like I'm you know always where I trying to go the jazz bars. That is like my one I, I wanna go to Green Lady Lounge because Colby went without me and it's it's a point of contention because Kansas City has such a rich jazz history and I feel like I am not doing the city justice because I haven't been yet. Hopefully by the time this podcast has been released, I'll have been. Um, but I, I, that is at the top of my list is Green Lady Lounge. I'm amending that. <laughs> I absolutely love Green Lady Lounge. It's so funny you say Colby went without you. Dan and I have this like silly joke especially because I'm from here Dan isn't so there will be a place that he'll mention that he wants to put on the list he's like oh we have to go there and I'll be like well I went a few years ago but totally like let's go back together and he's like well we haven't been together so it's going on the list and I'm like okay we're doing it like put it on the list put in the neighborhood so all right there are some places too Dan lived downtown when we first met I'm trying to remember where, oh, Milwaukee Delicatessen. I had never been, and Dan was like, how have you never been to this place? And I was like, well, Dan, so I didn't live like downtown. Where you are, like, we mm-hmm. frequent stuff in Midtown. We frequent stuff by the plaza in Westport, and there's so many areas that I feel like we just don't get to, and we have to make a point to go. So crazy sometimes how much effort it almost takes to go and try new places when you have so many amazing places close by and you obviously find your regulars and you find the places that you love but to make that actual effort to say hey we're gonna tomorrow morning wake up and go to a new place it really takes like an extra step that some people again I think you and I are somewhere in that way that like it's probably a little easier for us to do but for some people I feel like it's really hard to actually make that concerted effort if anything I feel like in, in the new year, what I'm trying to do is be more present, not plan as much, uh, spend a little more time just relaxing. I don't need to fill the day with everything, and I'm working on that, but it is fun when you have so many different places to go try. You just, you got to fill the day. What are, what are some of your favorite places in Kansas City? There's so many. I mean, there, there's too many places to name, but I, I will say places that I've really enjoyed aren't necessarily places, but more pop-ups and experiences. And again, I give you this shout out for letting me know about them, but we have um, gotten slow rise donuts. We have done um, Sugarful macaroons, um, Casey Cookie. They just opened up their store in Olathe and 
I have loved some of the smaller businesses where you don't get to just go in and you have to sort of go out of your way to experience it. And those have been fun. Um, but I mean, we, we have our regulars we go to. Uh, I look forward to, to eating more Lydia's All You Can Eat Pasta in the, in the near future. <laughs> I love the pop-up world and I love that it gives you an excuse to go to another business that you wouldn't normally have gone to because mm -hmm. these businesses, if they don't have a storefront like Sugarfold or some of the other amazing businesses, in order to see them at a pop-up, you have to go to a business you most right. likely haven't been to or right. are unfamiliar. Or, to, totally. Yeah, in a neighborhood you wouldn't have really tried. So it's so fun when those pop-ups are happening and something to look forward to and get excited about, especially when there's multiple pop-ups in one location. I love when Fetch uh, down in the West Bottoms does pop-ups with a handful of businesses. Oh, it's amazing. You, you get to hit them all at once. Mm -hmm. And I will say it's been impressive too, and you do a great job of sharing them on Instagram, but it's so impressive to see how some of these pop-ups have just exploded. And we, we've done we've done the wait for the for slow rise donuts. We we've done the wait before, and we'll we'll do it again. But it's just amazing to see how just word of mouth helps all these businesses so quickly. Kansas City rallies around businesses like that, and then to see businesses be so successful in the pop up realm that now they're able to continue on and have storefronts and continue their business and not just continue serving their loyal customers, but creating new customers. So I just love that Kansas City backs businesses like that so intensely. Couldn't not agree more. If there was something you could change about Kansas City, what would that be? Oh, that's a hard question. I, I kind of am like a transportation reporter. Like I, yes, I cover traffic in the morning, but I've tried to make a more diligent effort to cover infrastructure as a whole. And I will say, like, there is progress being made. The streetcar extension, I, I know a lot of us, especially those who drive in Midtown, we've, we've been dealing with the construction. It, it's almost over, just a year ago. But there is progress being made, and I think so much of it is, for a lot of years, maybe there wasn't a lot of interest in, in revamping transportation. I'm, I'm hopeful that as the streetcar expands, people will utilize it. I know there's... Um, conversations happening right now about continuing zero fare for the buses. I think there's a lot more that can be done with transportation. I know I don't have the answers. My job is to find the answers and share them from people who have better ideas than me. And I hope to continue doing that. But at the moment, I, I think that's the one thing Kansas City can keep working on. What's something about you that would surprise listeners? I feel like I'm an open book. Um, I feel like maybe the most surprising fact, uh, which I think is a fun fact, is I'm lactose intolerant, but that will not stop me from eating dairy. Do with that information what you will. But that's why I eat pizza, eat ice cream, all the things. Always on the lookout for the best food. That needs to be your tagline now in like any bio. Lactose intolerant, but that won't stop me. Or even I'm like- To be honest, I think most people know that about me. Like if I go anywhere, especially out to eat, like friends will always be like, oh, like, do you have lactate? Of course I do. Colby carries them too. I, I don't go anywhere without, without a magic pill to help me eat dairy. I don't know. I can't think of a better like fun fact. I'm, I'm an open book. I think for me, it's just- I, I try to be me. I don't try to be anyone different. Um, I think a lot of people think of like Anchorman when they hear him on the news. And I think one thing that 
journalists now are doing a better job of, and myself included, is we're trying to be more us. Like, I hope that the person you see on TV is the same person you see at the grocery store. I, I try to be the same. I think I have a little more cadence to my voice when I'm on TV, but I hope I'm still the same person because that's what I try to be. How do you work on maintaining that consistency of just being present, being yourself both on and off TV? I think just time. Uh, when I first started working in news all those years ago, I had this mindset of I have to be an anchor. I have to you know, talk like this. I have to sound like this. And I think it took a lot of time and a lot of coaching from mentors to teach me I don't need to do that. I, I can just be me and I can be successful just being me and that's what I'm going to keep trying to do. What are some goals that you've set for yourself for your career? What do you want to accomplish to continue your success? I think it's important to accept that goals change and what's important career-wise can look different six months from now, a year from now. And so at this moment as we're sitting together, I think my goal is to keep telling important stories, to keep talking to people that maybe I wouldn't have normally spoken to in my day-to-day life. I want to push myself to tell stories that might not be easy to tell, that maybe it's difficult to grasp the subject matter. Or I think a big challenge for me in, in my role is I want to make infrastructure more fun because like it's kind of boring if you think about it. So that's my, my challenge is to make it more fun and exciting and understandable and make you excited about growth in Kansas City. Uh, but overall, just keep telling stories because that's, that's why I wanted to get into journalism was to be a storyteller and I want to really hone in on that and work on those skills. Are you currently working on anything that you could tell listeners about? One thing that Channel 9 does that I knew I wanted to be a part of was we get to work on documentaries called KMBC 9 Chronicles. And I'm really excited to be a part of a team working on a KMBC 9 Chronicle called A Pitch Fit for a Queen. Uh, we'll be airing the end of March, beginning of April, exact air date, still TBD. But it follows the journey of the Kansas City Current from Children's Mercy Park to their brand new home, CPKC Stadium. So that is a tease, if you will. Uh, we can't wait to share it as we get closer to our air date and you'll be able to find much more information on our website, kmbc.com. I am so excited to go to the Kern's new stadium once it opens. It's so amazing what Kansas City has done. I mean, we could have a whole separate Oh, we episode got about we got yeah like, we're, <laughs> we're so excited we also I don't know if it influenced us but we live near a couple of the players so we, we feel very invested because I, I you know let my dog out with one of the players like our dogs play together so it's like I have to cheer for Daisy's mom like I need her to win I need her to score a goal so if, if Daisy's mom is listening you know who you are shouts out <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. It's so, so cool. The fact that Kansas City is going to be the first city to have an all-women's soccer stadium, like that in itself. I mean, I've talked about that on this podcast. I've talked about it with people in work, personal life, whatever. Like, I don't think people really understand how amazing it is to be able to say that. And the fact that Kansas City is supporting women's sports so lovingly and so, like, passionately is so so amazing and I just hope that people 
here, whether you're a soccer fan or you're not a soccer fan, appreciate how incredible it is that Kansas City is like starting on the forefront of this. Oh my gosh, yeah. And we, we've spoken to so many people working on our documentary. I'm, I'm excited to get to share their stories and why this matters to them because it's, it's a huge deal and I can't wait for the future. Well, I'll be very, very excited to, to see that when that comes out. So that will be coming out, you said? It'll be end of March, beginning of April. We will hopefully have an exact date, probably after this uh, airs, this podcast airs, but you can look for that um, at KMBC. We will be shouting it from the rooftops by the time uh, we're, we're close to airing. So if you turn on Channel 9, you'll, you'll probably know about it. <laughs> Well, and of course, you'll be sharing it on your socials. So where can people follow along for that? Sure. So on Facebook and Twitter, or X, whatever we call it these days, it is Jamie Weiss, KMBC, J-A-M-I-E-W-E-I-S-S-K-M-B-C. And then on Instagram and TikTok, I'm Jamie Weiss TV, as in television. Uh, They're not consistent because I made one at one station, the other here. It is what it is. How do you devote your time to social media? Because as you said, you get up at 2.35 on the dot. On the dot. Which is, <laughs> I mean, That's I... That's probably my most asked question is, when do I go to bed? When do I wake up? I wake up at 2.35. When do I go to bed? That's a great question. Depends on the night. Depends on what we're doing the night before. And I just don't sleep. It's going to catch up to me one of these days. But for now, I'm, I'm managing and... I, I will sleep when I'm dead, so it's fine. Well, and you've, of course, been in this long enough to know to have your routine down. Yes. Especially as a woman with hair and makeup and clothing. Like, it is a whole thing. I'm and- pretty fast at it, just out of necessity. Like, I will roll out of bed, you know, brush my teeth, put on sunscreen. I do sunscreen every day. I hope my dermatologist hears this. I put on sunscreen every day. Um, roll out of bed, do all that, get in the car, head to the station, get to work between 3.20, 3.30, because we have to be at work at 3.30. And then first thing I do, depends on if I'm anchoring or doing traffic from the get-go. If I'm anchoring, I will start by looking through our rundown, which shows us all of our scripts. If I'm doing traffic, I just head right to the bathroom to start getting ready. Um, but it takes me about 30 to 40 minutes, depending on how slow I'm moving that morning. <laughs> Uh, do my hair and makeup, finish looking at scripts, and then we hit the ground running at 4.30. We are on the air from 4.30 till 9. If there is severe winter weather, sometimes longer and sometimes earlier, but it's all to keep people in Kansas City safe. So we're, we're here, we're along for the ride, and we appreciate all the early risers who join us. What do you do for self-care? Because those are long hours, that's early in the morning. So what, do you, what are some things that you really do to take care of yourself physically and mentally to be able to continue to do this? On a normal day, which means I'm off the clock around 11.30, I will head straight to the gym, work out for an hour, come home, spend some time with the puppy. If I'm tired, I'll take a nap. I will let myself just sit on the couch and pass out other times, read a book. I'm in some book clubs and that's been, been good. Or I'll just sit and watch TV and, you know, not think about anything. Sometimes you need to do that. Um, a lot of people ask me how difficult the morning hours are. 
And what I always tell them is the wake up is the hardest part is like the hours are hard, but honestly, I kind of love it. Like my, my day is over at 1130. I have the time to, to do so much. Again, I'm really not sleeping and maybe I should be, um, but I'm in the season of life where I can make that work, where I can go to the gym, I can go get lunch with a friend, I can walk my dog, I can, you know, spend some time with my husband and I'll sleep in on the weekends. That's, that's kind of how I'm running right now. Having those moments where you don't really have to think about a whole lot, you feel like are so valuable too, especially in, in this line of work, to be able to just totally escape from the world and just not have to think about anything after working, morning, waking up early, and just being able to take those moments for yourself and like melt away, I'm sure are cherished times. Oh, it is. And I just thought of something that people wouldn't, wouldn't know about me. This, this one's probably gonna shock you. I am a video game girly. Like that's another thing I've been doing is I've been coming home, have a Nintendo Switch, I'll just play some games. I know it probably it shocks people like when I had my bachelorette um, last year my best friend Jordan had interviewed Colby my now husband they did 20 questions it was actually really cute highly recommend for any bachelorette trips uh, she asked Colby a question she would pause the video because it was a recorded video I would answer with what I thought he would say and then she'd play the video we were right on everything which is pretty impressive um, but he outed me as a video gamer, so there's that. So there you go. Now I've outed myself. I like to play video games, so there we go. Is this a hobby? Oh, it's been like a lifelong thing. Like my, my younger brother and I, Evan, like we grew up playing video games together, so. And not good, but I enjoy it. <laughs> I wish I knew a single thing to even continue this conversation to ask you, but I know nothing. My When I spend time with my nephews, we get into a very intense family Tetris match. Oh. And usually it ends with between my brother and I and I'm very competitive naturally. So try to take out my nephews pretty easily. I'm definitely not someone that will just let someone win because they're nine and a half. <laughs> but um, our family gets into these like very intense Tetris matches. But other than that, in terms of actual video games, I know they play the game Zelda. I don't know anything so about like, that. Give me Pokemon and like, we'll call it a day. I love this fact about you. I'm so <laughs> it happy is you fact. shared. I just like, I forget about it. Like it just, it's not top of mind. If that's, if that says a lot about me, I don't know what it says, but it's, it's like, I literally do it every day. and like, I don't even think about it. <laughs> hey, everyone needle pointing is that for me, which, you know, a lot of people tell me is like an old lady hobby. And I have to say, you have to have good eyes to needlepoint. Like you have to That's be able to true. see what you're doing. So I'm impressed by anyone who can needlepoint, so knit any of that crochet. Not me. I know. I am so strictly needlepoint. I've like tunnel vision. Any other crafty hobby, I'm like mm -mm, out the door. Like needlepointing, and that's it. And that's what I like to sit in front of the TV and watch trash TV. That's where I watch my yeah, trash let your TV. Brain rot a exactly. Bit. Everyone needs moments of brain rot for sure exactly i think so much of it too is like you need those moments of levity there's so there's so much happening in the world not not all it's like you know the happy positive news that we all want to hear so like you need those moments of levity and i think especially working in news i i try to take that to heart is focus on the good but also understand the importance of sharing what matters even if it's not what people want to hear
art of storytelling, it really is an art. Like mm-hmm. not anyone could just sit behind the desk and anchor and share these stories, good or bad, and be able to do it. Like it is really a learned skill that you've had to grow and evolve and you do it very well. But I don't think people realize how hard it is and yeah. how it doesn't it comes naturally in, in the sense of people who want to do it and are gifted in that way, but it you couldn't just pick up a Joe Schmo on the street and be like, hey, we need a filler for an anchor. Can you just do it? Like, there is right. so much that goes into it. And again, that's why I, I'm so fortunate to be working at Nine because we have so many veterans who have been doing this for so many years. And it's why I knew I wanted to come here so I could, I could learn from so many talented journalists. And I hope I've learned at least a little bit in the two years I've been here. I, I hope to keep growing, but it's, it's been a fun ride so far. Kansas City loves you, and it's. I love. <laughs> seeing... I'm so bad at taking compliments. Like, oh my gosh, stop! Thank you. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here to give you all the compliments, but I love seeing everything that you have done. We ran into each other at, like the NFL draft, which was so fun. Such a fun thing to you be in Kansas City. You run into each other at like the randomest. I know. Or like the randomest places. Like I feel like I ran into you at like Trader Joe's once. I know. Hey, I'm just trying to be everywhere. Hey, it's. <laughs> That's, that is being everywhere, honestly. <laughs> Share, again, all of your socials for listeners so they can follow along and keep up with everything that you're doing. Okay. If you are interested in following me, um, I try to do a better job of posting on Instagram, which is Jamie Weiss TV. That is the same handle on TikTok. On Twitter, slash X, whatever you want to call it, and Facebook. I post on there pretty frequently as well. A lot of my work content that is Jamie Weiss KNBC. Um, you can watch us on First News every morning, 4.30 a.m. until 9 a.m. We are on ABC Channel 9 from 4.30 till 7. We are on KCWE Channel 29 from 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. And yeah, wake up with me. It's great. It's fun. We're caffeinated. Thank you so much. I know again Thanks you've for me. you've been up since two thirty five this know, morning. It doesn't even phase me. It, it's really only a problem when it's like ten p.m. Then I'm like I gotta go to bed. Like it's hard when we have really late Chiefs games because I can't stay up for them. People should definitely follow you and wake up with you, get their day started, and start their day off right by watching you on the news. Join us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Be sure to follow Jamie on social media and tune in to watch her on KMBC Channel 9. Casey by Siri comes out every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to hear more behind-the-scenes stories on Kansas City. For more Casey content and podcast updates, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Casey by Siri. See you next week.
I say.